C.S. Lewis, the Christian, English Christian author and expert in ancient cultures, wrote, For the wise men of old, the cardinal problem had been how to conform the soul to reality. And the solution had been knowledge, self-discipline, and virtue. For us moderns, the problem is how to subdue reality to the wishes of men. The solution is a technique, technology, mastery over nature. For the wise men of old, the question was, how do I shape myself according to the reality out there? For us, it's how do I shape reality to fit with what I want, what I say, what I like. Several examples of this come to mind, diet pills, liposuction, maybe as a a first example. Instead of conforming myself to the reality of the caloric content of what I'm eating and the need for an exercise regimen, instead of conforming myself to that, while I subdue reality by a technique, by some technology in the form of appeal, or cholesterol medication. Here I'm not thinking of those who are genetically predisposed to high cholesterol, but I'm thinking of those who have a disposition for quarter pounders with cheese and have a hard time saying no, building up that self-discipline to say, no, I'm going to conform myself to the reality that this food is having a hard, uh, a bad effect on me, and so I take medication. Or maybe a young person, young man, young woman, who's attracted to being, I don't know, a soldier or athlete, and then they find that it's extraordinarily hard work to make that happen, and so they opt for virtual reality, a way in which they can subdue reality just by moving their fingers very quickly, and they can become excellent athletes or soldiers. More and more, I see this subduing of reality in our language, in the way we use words. Take the word infrastructure as just one of many examples. As reported in the Wall Street Journal, from 50 to 75% of the $2 trillion infrastructure bill is going to none of the things normally considered infrastructure, like roads, bridges, airports, power lines. So between 1 trillion and 1.5 trillion are not going to what is normally associated with infrastructure. This corresponds to the Transportation Secretary's description of infrastructure when he said that there is racism physically built into some of our highways and that this racism was a conscious choice. So apparently addressing racism is part of the infrastructure bill. That racism is a crime against humanity and where it's present, it needs to be addressed and healed, is a truth of our humanity. Human nature does not permit of that type of treatment. But including racism within the understanding of infrastructure amounts to redefining the term, imposing a technique to subdue reality, to change it according to me or to the majority. Now notice how radically different our second reading is. Love is not a term awaiting our definition. 
nor is it one that can be redefined according to our thoughts and desires and the majority opinion, or simply held as an abstract principle, an idea. The way we may be sure that we know him, Jesus, is to keep his commandments. Those who say, I know him, but do not keep his commandments are liars, and the truth is not in them. But whoever keeps his word, the love of God, God's love, true love, is truly perfected, brought to completion in him, we heard St. John say. The truest love is tied to Christ's words, to enacting his words, not just holding them as a nice idea, but to putting them into practice. The meaning of love is given, as is the way of life which corresponds to the meaning, both of which flow from the source of love, from God, who is love itself, and who has revealed what love looks like for humans in his son, who became a human being. This is why keeping Christ's commandments is essential to authentic love. Otherwise, we separate ourselves from the source of love itself. That love is part of the reality which lies beneath what we can change or subdue means that it's not the creation of flawed human beings, susceptible to our errors and selfishness and deceptions, like all our other creations are susceptible to. It means that relationships built on this God-given love have a firm foundation, a stronger bond, and built-in accountability and opportunity for real growth. This is what happened to those of you who came to the altar and said, I do. You said vows, committing yourself not to a love that you had created, but to a love that you had found, both of you, and agreed. This is love. And committed yourself to that, which bound you together in a way that a human, ordinary love could not, and allowed you for the possibility of real growth and accountability. You're not living up to that love. I'm not living up to that love. It means there's real possibility for transcending the confines of our little old self, which a love created by human beings simply can't do. If I choose, if I achieve what I have created, I'm simply still achieving what a human being has developed or imagined. But if I achieve something of that, I transcend myself, I go beyond human limitations and rise to the divine. There is a way to surpass our limitations, but this can't happen if we live only according to our own creations. The scripture today underscores what John Paul II taught that faith isn't the acceptance of a set of propositions, but the acceptance of our existence. When you create something, you create it for a purpose. He's saying faith is the acceptance of the purpose for which God has created me, and he said it's accepting the vocation to which he has called me. Love as you have been loved. You see, Christianity is not a set of ideas from which we can pick and choose, but it's a vision of reality which is either true or false. If it's false, then we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't have anything to do with it. But if it's true, then faith has to do with 
honest living with conforming our lives, words, actions, thoughts, according to the truth of reality. It's like telling the truth. Mom told me not to eat the cookies. I ate the cookies. Mom asked, did you eat the cookies? I said, oh, I ate the cookies. I have conformed myself to the truth of reality. Christianity, if it's true, suggests that faith has to do with honest living. And if all this is true, then look at the position in which the Christian is placed. Witnessing to one another and to the world what honest living looks like. What life lived in accordance with reality looks like. What the benefit of believing looks like. Those who say, I know him, but don't keep his commandments, are liars, and the truth is not in them. But whoever keeps his word, God's love is truly perfected in them.